0: Hello, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Aaron from bloomingwellness.com, and this is a, another episode of Causes or Cures. I'm thrilled to be chatting with Dr. Alessio Fasano about the hygiene hypothesis and its connection to our gut and microbiome, or the bacteria that live in our guts, and our guts connection to chronic inflammatory diseases, which we see more of lately. Before I tell you guys his impressive bio, I just want to give you the really brief cliff notes on the hygiene hypothesis so you have some background for this podcast. So first, it's a proposed explanation. It's not written in stone. It states that improved hygiene in an industrialized world or in a country that has moved more and more away from its agrarian roots has created less exposure to infectious agents like bacteria and viruses which has led to an increase in chronic inflammatory conditions. Now, some of you may have run across proponents of the hygiene hypothesis, and they will advise you to have your kids go to a farm, grow up on a farm, or play in dirt. I know I have. (laughs) Anyhow, Dr. Fasano is going to talk about the hygiene hypothesis as it relates to a leaky gut, and he's going to tell us what a leaky gut really is, and how this relates to the microbiome, and how our modern life may have altered our microbiomes in a way that sets us up for chronic inflammatory diseases. He's going to talk about the five pillars that he believes need to be in place for this to happen. He's also going to provide his opinion on probiotics, probiotic supplements, how gluten ties into this, if we can measure a leaky gut, and how we can improve a leaky gut if we have one. Okay, so who is he? Dr. Fasano is a pediatric gastroenterologist and researcher. He is professor of pediatrics at Harvard Medical School and is a professor of nutrition at Harvard School of Public Health. He is the director of the Center for Celiac Research and Treatment at Mass General for Children, and he's the co-director of the Harvard Medical School Celiac Research Program. He's considered a world expert on celiac disease. He's the director of the Mucosal Immunology and Biology Research Center, where he oversees a research program that includes 50 scientists and staff. He is credited with discovering zonulin, a protein responsible for regulating intestinal tight junctions, and he's going to talk about that more in the podcast because it's relevant to what we're talking about. In addition, he has published over 300 peer reviewed journal articles and is one of the top 1% of scientists cited worldwide. So let's just jump right in and hear what he has to say. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. Great. Hopefully, um, I'm in New York City and there's construction, but I'm just going to do the best I can. Okay. <laughs> um, would you? Um, do you mind just uh, saying a brief introduction? I know you do a lot, but just so my listeners know who you are.
1: Sure. So um, my name, again, is Alessio Fasano. I'm a professor of pediatrics at Mass mm-hmm. General Hospital for Children's in Boston. I'm also a professor of pediatric at the Harvard uh, T.H. Chan School of Public Health here in Boston as well. Um I been uh, I'm a pediatric gastroenterologist by training but uh, I mainly study um you know the biology and immunology of the gut as concern the balance between health and disease um that is dictated by a variety of things that happen in the intestine including uh, antigen trafficking uh, the microbiome and so on and so forth.
0: Right right um and I read a couple of your papers and I found it really fascinating that um so just i know and i work in wellness and we hear the term leaky gut a lot probably used incorrectly um but since you're an authority on this subject can you in a way that's um maybe easy for people to understand just explain what a leaky gut is or what you mean by that
1: yeah um and you made this uh, preamble uh, you know correctly by saying that the, the leaky gut or leaky gut syndrome even worse um, it, It's a used and abused term of something that uh, in the past was a premise only of a, a, a Small group of believers while the streamlined science were very skeptical but now they are the scientific basis to believe that such you know dynamic capability of the intestine to modulate permeability exists and you know, to make a very complex a long story short, um, you know, imagine uh, your GI tract, the long tube that goes from uh, the top of the mouth all the way down to the anus, a, is a, a tube that is several feet long, that uh, is not smooth but has you know valleys and hills uh, that uh, increase even more the surface. And if you stretch the gut. Uh, of an any individual on a surface will core a double tennis court it's it's pretty large so it's wow. a huge interface and this big interface with the environment is covered by a single line or cells. that's it um, and those are sort of wall that divide us from the external environment and again, we are surrounded by friends and foe and foes and these enemies can be very harmful. Right. So this function of barrier is extremely important to us. Until the recent past, we were under the impression the neighbor cells were cemented, sealed, uh, so nothing can come through, and therefore the exchange from the external world into our body. Was something that was occurring only through the cell after mm. that stuff like nutrients will be de- digested and therefore reduced de- de- to a form that can be absorbed by us and brought into our body to make use of for energy, you know, generation or you know, for the use for our own, you know, um, you know, plants in terms mm. of using, uh, you know, to build our own proteins and so on. It is only in the recent past that we realized that in between cells, there is no cement. There is no wall. There are doors. Most of the time closed because we don't want these enemies to just come in without, you know, um, being on a checkpoint. But the fact they have doors implies that they can be open and, and closed. If these doors are open for too long, then you develop a leaky gut.
0: Okay. That was good. I think that was a, a, um there was a lot of imagery there that I think is good to help people understand. Um, so when these doors, these doors are open or closed, um, and I know you discovered, if I say this wrong, just let me know, zonulin, is that the right? Yep. Okay. Um, and I read that the two biggest stimulating factors for that is bacterial overgrowth and gluten. Gluten. So now is that affect the opening and closing of these doors, the zonulin, why is it important?
1: Well, the zone is the key to open these doors. Ah, so, in okay. other words, you know, it's or remote control, whatever you want to call it. So, in other words, there must be a system to decide if and when these doors need to be open. Because if they are dynamic, that means that we have the needs for these doors to be open sometimes. Right. Um, right. But we also need to keep them closed most of the time. And the zone is the one that dictates, you know, this dynamic. And, of course, you know, as typically happened when uh, physiology goes out of control and, and, you know, and therefore from this desirable, uh, you know, almost always closed door open just when I need it, um, it goes out of control, you have a problem. So, again, if you love me again in this comparison, imagine that the door that we're talking about is the door of your apartment in New York. Somebody rings the bell and, uh, you know, you want to have this person to come in. You open the door. Otherwise, this person cannot come in. But once this person is in, you close the door. You don't leave the door open. If you leave the door open and you go shopping, you know, uh, you now have a, a, a place that's not protected anymore. Anybody can come in and steal your stuff. Right. And that's what happened when we forgot to close the door. Or if only produce a too large amount, so to, you know.
0: Um so I I have two questions here related to that. So a leaky gut may may lead to chronic inflammatory diseases. There's a little yes. bit of a noise so, there. sorry. So uh,
1: again, uh, um, what are the consequences when you forgot the door open? Enemies come in.
0: Anything People
1: that you don't yeah. want to, to be in the air comes in. They come in, and uh, you know what? What is the consequence of this? Well, we have, you know, an army that's made by the cells of the immune system that is there to defend us when we see enemies coming in. So when 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 uh, you know the immune system sees the invasion of these folks coming in, they are not supposed to be in. They fight, and when you fight, they use weapons. There is always collateral damage, that for us is inflammation. So when you have too much of this stuff coming through, you overwhelm the system that really fights, you know, as much as possible and create inflammation that has clinical consequences.
0: Right, and I know people tend to associate uh, when they say gut issues, they're um, talking oftentimes they're referring to irritable bowel or inflammatory bowel disease, and you get the bloating and the constipation and the diarrhea. But uh, this could be; these are systemic. Um, even age, aging, uh, psychiatric illnesses, um, skin problems, right? Like the, the, these are, you can have, I guess it depends on your genetics or how your, where your immune system is responding to these things? Correct. So
1: bottom line is that, again, and now this is a biased vision of mine, mm-hmm. with not being such a large interface, you know, it's, it's 15, 20 times more than our skin. And 10 times more than the airways. So it's definitely the largest interface with the environment. Therefore, the large port of entry of these enemies. It's only logical that a lot of this inflammatory process will materialize with uh, the access of enemies through the gut. Right. Now, you know, gut being the battlefield if the soldiers are immune cells, they are in the, on the battlefields, they fight, to create inflammation locally there, then you develop GI symptoms there. And so, you know, the inflammatory bowel disease, irritable syndrome, and so on and so forth. However, for reason we don't know yet, but definitely they are genetically determined, sometimes these soldiers, they are armed against this enemy, don't fight right away, but they move somewhere else. They can mm-hmm. go to the skin, and they can go to the joint, and they can go to the brain. And their inflammation materialized far from where the encounter with the enemy occurred. Right. And, you know, this is the reason why we believe that inflammation, that, by the way, is the common denominator of all human diseases,
0: mm-hmm.
1: has the main initiator of this loss of control and antigen trafficking, and therefore leaking leaky gut the intestine, but the consequences can really affect any tissue organ in our body.
0: Right. And when you say just because I don't know if people know what antigen, antigen trafficking, you're talking about something that's foreign that comes into the body, like a protein, and then it's introduced to your, right. these right, are the your enemies. Muscles.
1: So the 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 antigens are pretty much the enemies to against which the immune system right. uh, you know are synthesized sensitized against and they fight when they see them.
0: Right, right. Um And I think, too, it's interesting because someone might have a leaky gut and be fine because of their genetics or epigenetics. And then another person might have a different symptom manifestation. Um, You know, I think genetics plays a lot in a lot of things that we're still figuring out. But um, I have a question. Can you and I I know a lot of wellness coaches kind of have all these tests a lot of the times I, I haven't used them, but in your opinion, And I know you talked a little bit about measuring zonulin. Can you measure for a leaky gut?
1: Uh, Yeah, theoretically, you can. Uh, There are several tests, uh, including a zonulin ELISA test. Unfortunately, they are either very cumbersome or not validated. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, a, a test that I can use in clinical practice, um, you know, I, I don't think that we, uh, we are there yet. We will, hopefully soon. But, you know, some of the tests like this double sugar test, uh, yeah. some of these zonal analyzers, uh, you know, double sugar test is not feasible in the clinical practice. It's too complicated. Uh, the zone analyzer, again, uh, um, you know, we have now several generations of these analyzers uh, and hopefully they will have new ones that will come to the market at some point. Um, uh, but right now we don't have anything that's, you know, again, is it's, it's strongly reliable. Um, but you know, this is a long way to answer. We don't have really in our toolbox yet, something that we can reliably use all the time to measure gut permeability.
0: Um, right. Do you live near an airport? Or is there an- <laughs> yes,
1: I am. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I just hear the, I want to yell incomings. Um, but, um, anyways, uh. So I want to talk about the hygiene hypothesis, and um, this is actually something my mother used to talk about because I grew up uh, right on a dairy farm, and um, so this is basically saying that decreased exposure to infectious diseases is at the origin of autoimmune or allergic diseases, um, and and specifically, well, mostly in developed nations. When right, like we post the industrial revolution, we have all these public health measures. Everything's clean, clean. hyper-clean. But does this hypothesis, in your opinion, relate to um, a leaky gut or the cause of a leaky gut?
1: So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the hygiene hypothesis was based on the uh, epidemiological observation that um, these epidemics of chronic inflammatory diseases was occurring only in the Western Hemisphere um where we implement you know uh better hygiene and we abandon the, the uh, you know the farm lifestyle <clears throat> not being exposed in other words the variety of conditions that can eventually um you know um educate the, our immune system to defend us rather than to be hyper belligerent against our own body. Um but but again, this this hypothesis has been put a little bit more under scrutiny recently because yeah. it really does not support the evidence that we have. Uh, the, so uh, we see now a gene implemented in developing countries. Yet yeah, they don't have these epidemics of uh, you know um, uh, you know chronic inflammatory diseases, uh, and uh, we see now that uh, you know again there are other you know. Um, Uh, players that will eventually dictate if you will develop this inflammation or not. But uh, the bottom line is that, yes, the the gut permeability has a lot to do with uh, these epidemics of chronic inflammatory diseases. But in the context of a new theory that we put forward almost 20 years ago now, actually, in which we said, you know, in order to develop chronic inflammation, there are five pillars That seems to be all important and mutually influencing each other. The two that we knew from the very beginning, you have to have genetic predisposition and you need to be exposed to something in the environment that will make your immune system to fight. So these famous enemies or antigens, whatever you want to call it, they are definitely necessary. but not sufficient. They are these other three elements. The third, indeed, is gut leaks because otherwise these two elements would not see each other. You know, this barrier is built to prevent, indeed, this enemy to come in, in an uncontrolled fashion. So you lose that capability and you leave the door open in your apartment people come in all the time. Then the fourth element is an hyper belligerent immune system that fights more than it's supposed to. And last and not least, this new element that we didn't know until the recent past, what we call the microbiome, that is really would epigenetically change, you know, and push our genes uh, to switch from genetic predisposition to the clinical outcome. So, it, it is really Western lifestyle rather than just I G. gene. And, mm-hmm. and the gene is important, don't get me wrong. And the use of antibiotics definitely is important. Um, but what is it more important are other lifestyles that we embrace in the Western hemisphere that affect all these five elements. And among mm. all this, probably, you know, born in by section rather than imagine delivery. Um, you know, take more antibiotics than you're supposed to, but most important, nutrition. is definitely the most impactful of all. Nutrition. Because, you know, I, yeah, because, you know, uh, you know, you're born once in your lifestyle, you can antibiotic antibiotics here, there, but you eat three, four times a day. And based on what you eat, you change the composition in your microbiome. And based okay. on the composition microbiome, you can make an intestinal leaker. And if the intestinal leaker, you will have an immune system that is hyperbelligent. And if you're genetically predisposed, that will translate in disease.
0: Okay, so that makes sense. There has to have the five things there. So nobody should go out, play in the dirt, or move to a farm. <laughs> or, I mean, actually, you may want to move to a farm. I live in New York City. I kind of yeah, feel that way.
1: Yeah, I would love to move to a farm. But even... Um, <laughs> that it will not be the solution in the matter.
0: It's not going to be the solution, okay.
1: That's right. It has to be lifestyle. You lifestyle. Know? Be, you know, it, it, we are a society that we want the easy fix right away. We have a problem that uh, we want to fix. Yeah. But if fix will require work, it's something that we're not really too much, you know, uh, I I say, uh, uh, you know, uh, fun of as an idea of, um, you know, approaching the problem. The reality yeah. of the story is, you can eat as much dirt as you want, and you eat junk, you're going to have inflammation. No, right. no question about that. Right. Um, but, you know, if you, uh, you know, eat well, but you don't exercise, you don't sleep well, you don't eventually, uh, you know, again, wash your hands, uh, or you um, uh, do not expose yourself uh, to, uh, you know, the elements out there, you can still have a problem.
0: Yeah. Or you what
1: can pay you think- all your cards well, but genetically you're so screwed up that, you know, <laughs> there is very little that you can do to minimize the risk to develop a problem.
0: Do you think, um, this is sort of random, but like the cleaners, household cleaners, have anything to do?
1: Oh, definitely. Once the- again, we again, the, the story is the following. Um, you know, the, the immune system has to understand if one and why to fight, and this teaching happened in the first thousand days of life, from the moment in which you the your mother until you turn two years old. That is the time in which the immune system has to understand how much and when and against whom needs the weapon be pointed out, point 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 out, and you know. It may not come as a surprise that the immune system was built to fight a single enemy. Two million years ago, when this evolution brought us on the face of earth, our only enemy that the immune system was fighting were infections, were bacteria. You live 14, 14, a year and a half, life expectancy. You will die either infection or a dinosaur will each cheer? You will not develop a diabetes or cancer. You will not have the time to do that. Oh, right, so the immune right. system was fighting only infection. Right. How create inflammation. The inflammation creates an environment that is too hot. There are chemicals in the air. They are very offensive for bacteria. So the, the bacteria will die. The tissue that is inflamed will die. But the organism, us, will survive because you don't die of infection. But that implies to know when to fight, i.e. to create inflammation and when to stop because you don't need that anymore. Now, the first thousand days of life, it is the microbiome, this bacteria that we're exposed, that will teach the immune system where to set the bar. So if you're born by vaginal delivery, if you eat well, if you don't abuse antibiotics, in other words, you don't disturb the evolution of the microbiome during these first thousand days, that microbiome will evolve based on what was a two million years' plan of engraftment of the symbiotic relationship with us and will teach the immune system well.
0: And if that will depend...
1: If you're um, New York City... Your chance to born by C-section, the chance that you you know you will be given an antibiotics, the chance that you eat junk, it's much higher, yeah. and therefore you derail from the plan. And uh, now you teach the immune system to set the bar to the inflammation very very low. So for trivial reasons, you know the immune system fights. Right,
0: right. I actually didn't think of the vaginal delivery versus the C-section, um, but that makes a lot of sense. Well, and the
1: delivery gives you the first imprinting.
0: Right, right, and the mother's microbiome would impact, right? That's so that basically, you know, in public health, there's critical periods where, like, if you're exposed to something, things are sort of set in that time period or affect you more in a certain time. Then, so would you say, a pregnant mom um, or a mother to be, um, her focusing on, and I guess making her microbiome optimal, so to speak, is wise.
1: Yeah, as I told you, this first thousand days of life start from the wounds. and the reason why because mom's lifestyle dictates the way that the embryo and then the fetus will right. will will evolve. And and for what we understand, there is there there are evidence suggesting that the microbiome in Grafman starts in utero, in in the you know and and, and again, the mum microbiome would dictate the baby's microbiome big time even before birth. And of course, if the birth comes through vaginal delivery, that is where the microbiome of the mom is passed along to the baby. Uh, right. and that's crucial that, you know, an healthy microbiome compatible and friendly with the host yeah. is passed along because the genetic makeup of the mom is very similar to the genetic makeup of the baby. So she selects a good microbiome for her, the baby will have a good microbiome if she has a lousy lifestyle she will, uh, transmit the lossy microbiome.
0: Right, right. Um, a, a cup two more questions here. Um, I know you talked about how we want a quick fix and I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, so, pa- you know, patients will sometimes ask their doctor for something and demand it practically. Um, in terms of probiotics, obviously there's, I mean, I don't know how many brands at this point, but, um, and people are like, oh, take this probiotic, take this supplement, and they think this will magically um, affect their gut microbiome in a positive way, um, or that it's and or that it's harmless. Like they're not really going to um, do anything harmful to them. Uh, what are your thoughts on probiotic supplements for leaky leaky gut? Well,
1: of course, you know I'm, uh, I'm a, being an expert in the microbiome. I'm a strong proponent of probiotics as a way that you know you can fix some of the consequences of dysbiosis including the leaky guts but say that i don't think that we're in the place that we know already all the facts that we can clearly choose the right probiotics that will fix with the right problem i mean you know we're not all made equal and therefore you can't pretend that a single probiotic will fix the same problem let's say leaky gut the same way to for everybody um You Know I, on top of that, there's a complete lack of regulation of probiotics formulation and use. So, on the market, as you said, you have a good zinniest of products, some are better than others, some may not have too much of a probiotic in there, some they have pathogens in there. So, yeah. until the field is regulated and until we understand exactly what to target, I what kind of this bios you have that brought you to the um, uh, uh um you know, to leaky guts, it's the same dysbiosis as I do, because if that's the case, then we can use the same probiotic. But if we're different, we we may need different probiotic to fix the same problem.
0: And uh, you said dysbiosis?
1: um, Well, I'm sorry, dysbiosis is is intending as an imbalance in the microbiome, microbiome that's been disturbed.
0: Right, 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 just uh, so um, imbalance in the types of bacteria that are are in your gut. so, in your opinion, I know, and I know you're an expert on celiac disease, and um, so how? And I guess in closing, how would you advise people to improve their leaky gut? And you know that gluten also has become sort of trendy, like to go gluten free. I've done it, so I call myself gluten sometimes um, because I'm like, oh, I don't need gluten tonight, right? And I know that's have, I do it like without any scientific. Um, it's just sort of an intuition, like, oh, I feel like if I eat gluten tonight, I'll bloat. But I kind of feel like a lot of people are that way, if they're honest with themselves. Um, not the people who are truly diagnosed, but um, in terms of improving leaky gut and then how gluten plays into that, should people uh, eliminate it from their diet? Should Do they not have to worry about it? What are your thoughts on that?
1: So, again, you alluded briefly before and I elaborate on, on the fact that you need five elements to create this right. inflammation. If you have a leaky gut and you don't have any other four, you're not going to develop any problems. So if you eat too much gluten, that makes your intestine leak, but you're not generally predisposed, you don't have dysbiosis, you don't have any pathogen, you know, um, um, microbiome, you're not going to have any consequences. Right. Said that, said that. Again, the, the how do I fix the leaky gut? The, the, the simple, short and honest answer is I don't know. If I don't know what is created the problem, um, you know, I don't know how to solve it. If you want my educated guess, f- because of the mutually influential effect of all these five elements with each other, and again, um, you know, this triangulation, particularly the immune system and the mac- microbiome and leaky gut, because... Any an you know, immune system can make your intestine leak, and the intestine leak can change the composition of the microbiome, composition of the microbiome, change the immune system, and so on and so forth. I would say the more we depart from the lifestyle of our evolution and the Western lifestyle and not hygiene is the quintessential reason why we are so much in trouble, because that's the larger departure compared to you know, developing countries from the way that we used to, you know, uh, evolve as a species, the more you will be in trouble. And the more likely you develop, you know, uh, the leaky gut. So lifestyle means we need to walk, we need to exercise. We don't have to run the marathon, but definitely sedentary lifestyle will be detrimental. We have to have good night's sleeps. We can't sleep five hours a day with a computer on and the cell phone that rings every three seconds and pretend that this will not have an impact on us mm-hmm. because that will increase the level of stress. The Stress is one of the factors that increase the leakiness of your gut. We need to eat well. We need to try to balance you know, business and, and, and you know, personal affairs so that we have a balanced lifestyle. We don't need to take ourselves too seriously. And and again, if you look at the modern, uh, you know, food pyramid uh, to establish what you need to eat most and what you need to eat less with the basis being the stuff that you need to to eat the most, at the basis, there is no food. It's all lifestyle. I like that. We don't go out and have fun. We don't go dancing together. We don't grow old together anymore. If no. we sit around the table together, we don't talk with each other, not even look at what you're eating. Probably we're looking at the screen of our, you know, cell phone. Yeah. This is all stuff that will impinge a specific biological function, including the leakiness of the gut. <laughs> That's
0: I, I love that you said that. And I think it's so important, too, because sometimes I think um, what you said is it's very True, and it seems almost it like it should be obvious to us, but it's not. And it, and sometimes the medical approaches or or the the wellness approaches are very reductive, right? Like they just they're like, oh, let's just try to fix this symptom or take this supplement or take this pill. And what you're talking about is much broader and um, really deals with moderation, right? Like just
1: um, more than have- moderation, Aaron, balance. balance,
0: balance, right? Balance, better so, word, right? So-
1: you know, again, even if you, let's say, eat uh, a lot of turkey that is uh, good for you, that will make you sick. Yeah. So balance. You know, yeah. we evolved for two million years to eat a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of tubers, nuts, oil, very little lean meat because these animals were escaping their predators, including human beings. So they were lean, fishy <laughs> in there. Yeah. See, if we keep eating that way. We will continue to put in the you know, in the tank on our car what was supposed to be there when this car was engineered. Now yeah. we, put, you know, water in the tank, and we wonder how come that <laughs> the car yeah. is warming.
0: Yeah. It's
1: rising otherwise. Yeah. So again, imagine that this COVID nineteen will create a tremendous impo- impact on the lifestyle to the point that you know the food supply is not there anymore how many of us will be able to do agriculture and and raise food for ourselves i will <laughs> but many but, will not
0: no no he, no i agree no no one knows how to, well no, because, I, um,
1: because we are in the globalization world yeah. the producer of food are a handful. The consumers are huge and none of the consumers, or very few, are able to eventually produce. Right,
0: right. And, and
1: what is the consequence? The mass production of stuff comes with a price.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not advocating Aaron to go back in the cave and work as, and you know, live as a care man, but I believe that is a, a good lesson to be learned even during this, you know, extreme period that we're experiencing right now that, you know, moderation and balance but right. balance more than moderation uh is the way to go we right. thought that we cannot leave if we don't uh, jump on the on, on the on the metro and go to the office and and punch you know the the stuff there and be physically from one meeting to another look what COVID has done to us yeah we're still home we're still functioning yeah. uh you know uh, if, even if in a remote way we don't need to be physically from point A to point B and therefore using the car, you know, polluting and so on and so forth. So some of the stuff that we thought that were untouchable, undoable, can be done.
0: Right, right. I mean, I don't know how good our reliance is on technology. Again, that has to be balanced as well um, for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. Uh,
1: I mean, and, yeah. and once again, balance.
0: Uh, balance. Uh, I, I have the-
1: we will be all recluded in our, you know, alcoves and we don't see each other. We will be alienated.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're social if you beings. A little bit yeah. of that and a little bit in person,
1: uh, it will be a good way to go rather than doing one extreme to another. So everybody wants to go back to what was the normal. Was that normal? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I've seen the impact on the environment just for two months and we've been tied put. I know.
0: I know. (laughs) I said the air is clean. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's more wildlife in New York City than I've ever seen before. I like to watch the birds. Yeah. 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 Um, I have this. I had one specific question that someone in my Facebook wellness group wanted me to ask you. And I have no idea if you know anything about this, but um, electromagnetic uh, radiation, like from our cell phones. And she was wondering, like, if that, if, ye, in your opinion, do you think that may impact the microbiome at all?
1: Okay, so the electromagnetic field definitely will have an impact on a variety of biological, you know, function, including, you know, the composition of the microbiome. And now there is this, you know, the 5G, it seems to be even more, you yeah. know, and so on and so forth. What I have to say here is, and again, I'm not an expert in the field either. But the electromagnetic field of the Earth, the spontaneous electromagnetic field of the Earth, is a thousand of magnitude higher than the cell phone or the TV or, you know, the 5G, you know, network, whatever, that compared to the the, the natural electromagnetic field of the Earth. Thousands of of magnitude. So I would be shocked that the little that we're changing will create such a big impact. Pollution. You know, again, uh, uh, you know, massive production of, of, of crops using of pesticides, that's much more impactful. The ozone is not there anymore. That is much yeah. more impactful than the electromagnetic field, but, but by far. So if you yeah. if have to be concerned, uh, you know, and we should prioritize what we should change, I will not put the electromagnetic field, you know, at the top of the list, personally.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, I think I asked all the questions that I, I, I wrote down. And um, I want to thank you so much for your time. It, and it was very interesting. I really look forward to sharing it with my listeners.
1: All right. Well, glad that uh, this was helpful, Erin. And- it, really, it was really <laughs> helpful. <back. laughs>
0: yeah. I I mean, I get leaky gut questions sent to my A wellness bitch, site. Bitch. And I'm like, I have no idea. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. anyways thank you so much um stay safe with um you know covid and all that and uh enjoy i guess it's i keep forgetting what day of the week it is and that's covid brain but wednesday thank
1: you so much and you do the same stay safe okay
0: bye okay bye-bye all right guys thank you so much for tuning in to causes or cures i hope you subscribe feel free to share this please do Um, A special thank you to Dr. Fasano for his time, expertise, and very thorough and interesting explanation. I learned a lot. I hope you guys did too. Um, I will post links to his websites if you want to learn more about him. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can write me through my website, erin at bloomingwellness.com. And that's it for today, guys. Hope you all have a good and healthy and happy day. Bye.